Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. A wild week behind us. A wilder week ahead of us. Each week, each succeeding week, seems to be crazier than the preceding one. Tonight, I have many topics to cover. I don't know if I'm going to get them, get through all of them, but they will include the shutdown, uh, the Russian sanctions that have been lifted. Roe versus Wade. Today is the 46th anniversary of the decision of Roe versus Wade. I want to give you a hurricane update. I want to give you a tariff wars update. Uh, President Kennedy was sworn in this month in 1961 as president of the United States. Uh, He represented a new generation of Americans, a younger one, and brought that thrill and that type of game by those type players to Washington. I think it's time for the young people to take over a new generation of leaders. I want to talk about something very disgusting, very poor. There are drag queens 10 years old performing in this world today. You heard me, drag queens 10 years old, disgusting. Then there's something called young plasma treatments, where the young donate blood and it's it's intravenously fed into the bodies of the old and is supposed to give them longevity, good health, et cetera, et cetera. And don't know if I'm going to get to cover them all, but that's where we are going, starting with the shutdown. Day 32, an absolute disgrace. I don't believe this. The federal government is shut down. They say, what, 25% of the government shut down? 800,000 people either furloughed or not, uh, or working without being paid. 800,000 people not getting paid. A Many family people, that's got to amount to 800,000 families not putting, making enough money to put gas in the car, food on the table. They've gone a month without a paycheck. And it doesn't seem to bother Trump. They can't pay their rent. They can't pay their mortgages. We're getting to that point. And by next week or the week after, the experts are saying they're not going to have enough money to put fuel in the gas tank of their cars. Bad. Some people have to decide. There's been a woman on TV the last two days. She said, my choice is chemotherapy, chemotherapy or the rent. I had to let the rent go this month because chemo is more important. What a choice to have to make. And then there's the woman that was on TV last week, a government employee. She sold her blood for $50 in order to put food on her table for her family. What's wrong with us? Some, something's, something's crazy. Something's out of whack. And it's Donald Trump that's out of whack. Uh, the man has screwed up everything that was palatable in this country, everything that was good. He has screwed our image up all over the world. Okay? So now... Today, on television, Washington, D.C., people are lined up, government employees, at a food place. They they stand in line to get a free lunch and a cup of coffee or a sandwich and a cup of coffee. This is the United States of America. These are people who have a job. They work for the United States of America. Could you have a better employee, employer, rather? No. Not until now. Now, obviously, you can't even trust the United States government to do good by you. 
You know, a lot of people become civil servants because you have a guaranteed job, a guaranteed income, and you're, you're performing a service that is respected. You are helping your government to function, but the government is not functioning for them today. Uh, let me tell you where this is going. This is 30, day 32. If this thing don't get resolved very shortly, and I'm saying that with a half a smile in my voice, as you can hear, we're, we're heading to protests in the streets. We're heading, we could have revolution come out of this. People aren't accustomed to having the government turn their backs on them like this, to have the Trump government turn their backs on them like this. And you go another month like this, and you're going to see some violence, which shouldn't be. This whole thing is crazy. And I don't see it getting remedied in the near future, not even this week. I want to talk about Russian sanctions. Now, this just broke this morning, what I'm going to share with you. You may have heard about it. You may not. I'm still not that clear on the facts, but I have a general fix on it. And the reason I'm not clear is it hit big on the news this morning, then nothing all day. I watch the news. I have the news on all day. No matter what I'm doing, I'm listening to news because I'm a political junkie. I love this stuff. And I didn't hear about anything all day until around 6 o'clock tonight. I heard a little bit about it again. And the, on the show, the announcer says, we haven't even talked about this again since early this morning because there's so many other things happening. But here's the story. The purpose of sanctions is to punish a government that has done something wrong to our government. So we say, we're not going to do business with this particular entity uh, within your country, a corporation, or perhaps a very rich person like an oligarch in, in Russia, uh, until this problem is remedied. It is a punishment. And then that person learns their lesson because by, not, by having the sanctions imposed, they can't make money. <laughs> All right? And so they come on me and bet me and they say, look, I did wrong. Tell me what you want me to do to correct it. I will correct it. Uh, and then the sanctions are lifted. This takes a year or two, though. The punishments are severe because the problems caused by whatever this country did wrong or their oligarch is wrong, severely wrong. Well, and then everybody's kumbaya and everybody's happy and everybody's back in business. Well, here's what happened today. There is an oligarch in Russia, probably the richest oligarch in Russia, extremely close friend to Putin. Uh, they do business together. They do business with the same banks, all right? Uh, whatever the problem was, and I'm, I, I can't recall or I'm not aware at this moment of the problem that caused us to sanction this guy, but he was prohibited. The United States prohibited anyone in this country from doing business with him or his companies, and if they did, then they were going to be punished and fined here in the United States, and it hurts. Now, some of these sanctions have been there since Obama. And when Putin, uh, when Trump was running, Putin and he apparently or purportedly had conversations. Putin wants these sanctions on everybody and on Russia lifted. And, of course, it's hard to do because in order to do it, the way they, they, they impose these sanctions, the Senate of the United States must vote to lift them. So Trump can make his deal, but still the Senate's got to vote to lift the sanctions. This was to give a control factor over Donald Trump. Okay, so this big-time oligarch has his – our Secretary of the Treasury, number one, has been negotiating these sanctions. They have – yesterday or today, they had the sanctions lifted. Uh, the only trouble is two things. One, uh, 
We find out several hours after it's announced that the sanctions imposed on this oligarch uh, that were lifted, not only do they have a written agreement, which our country has, and it's public, but there's a secret agreement between the United States and this oligarch, a secret agreement. And because Trump wanted these sanctions lifted, they knew the country wouldn't go for it, our country. So it's a secret agreement. Well, apparently in Washington today, there's nothing secret. Within a matter of hours, the secret agreement was exposed, and which showed that the whatever monies the oligarchs had to pay or do were going to a Russian bank, which has problems of its own with us. And this bank, is a good portion, is significantly owned by Putin. Understand this. Putin is the richest man in the world. He's richer than Bill Gates, anybody, Forbes, anyone. Why? Because he has a piece of everything in Russia. This man is wealthy, wealthy. And he gets a piece of the action by whatever this oligarch's going to do. So the way the whole thing works out, this guy really isn't getting punished because the bank, the money's going to a bank where he has some sort of an interest or he's befriended his friend Putin is going to make money, and he'll come out ahead on this deal, the oligarch. And this was kept secret by the secretary of our treasury and our president. Well, now it has to be approved by the Senate. It went before the Senate today. And you would assume that this United States Senate would have said, oh, terrible, what's this? And they would vote down lifting the sanctions. They didn't. The Republican-controlled United States Senate voted to approve the lifting of the sanctions. This included Romney. I thought he was being elected from Utah. A United States senator would change some things in the Senate. But he even went that way. The word is the president got in touch with the Republican senators and said, I want this badly. This is something you have to give me. And they did. So the other thing is, when you lift sanctions, the way of the world is, or the way of government, is that I'm going to lift sanctions against your country or one of your big shots. Well, you've got to give me something in return. It's tit for tat. Recognize, remember, understand, Donald Trump has been telling us for years he's the world's greatest negotiator. Every time he has negotiated or done a deal with some other country while he has been president, He's got nothing in return. What did we get from North Korea? And he got nothing back on this deal. We should be getting things like pull your troops out of the Ukraine or something like that. This is how these things are done. He never gets anything in return. He does for his friend Donald Putin, Vladimir Putin, rather, and gets nothing in return. Want to talk today about Roe versus Wade. This is the birthday of the Supreme Court decision, Roe versus Wade. 46 years ago in 1973, the Supreme Court says a woman has a right to an abortion. A woman has a right to abortion. They recognized the woman's right to privacy. They recognized the Supreme Court that women have the right to control their own bodies. Good. The only trouble is we still have uh, court suits going to the Supreme Court all the time on Roe versus Wade. 
The side opposing Roe versus Wade has never given up. It's 46 years now. They refuse to accept it as the law of the land. And they have been nitpicking at it, nitpicking, nitpicking, nitpicking. And they've taken things away from women as a result of this. And they've hurt organizations that help women as a result of this. Now, and this is going to go on. I am, I am betting you. <laughs> I won't be here. Some of you will. Some of you won't. 50 years from now when it's almost 100 years based of the decision of Roe versus Wade, assuming the Supreme Court has not overthrown it, because with the conservative Supreme Court, it could happen, uh, they'll still be fighting Roe versus Wade. Perfect example. We fought a civil war. Or what, 150 years ago, 150 plus years ago, we fought a civil war in this country to free the slaves, to make the black man equal to the white man. What's happening today? We're still waging war against the black people in this country. Example, we, take, we keep trying to take away their voting rights, okay, and things like that, making it harder for them to vote. Terrible situation. I want to talk about, I want to give you an update on hurricanes and on the tariff wars. We're going no place with the hurricanes with correcting the situation, repair, renovation, etc. I'm talking about Maria, Puerto Rico, Irma, Florida, Michael, the panhandle of Florida, uh, parts of Georgia, into the Carolinas. And I'm also talking about the fires. They're not hurricanes, but the California fires. No state has enough money. No local community has enough money to handle these huge natural disasters. Government assistance is required, has always been required, and the government tries to be there. But we're finding out ever since Katrina in New Orleans, we're not doing the job right, the national government. We either don't plan right for it or something. We always run out of money, but no one wants to say we don't have enough money. What's happening? Take Irma. Now, Irma, I was here for Irma. Don't forget, I wrote a book on Irma. I think it's the only book written on Irma. Irma and me, how Irma affected my life when it was happening. Anyhow, Big Pine, 30 miles north of me on US-1 here. I'm in Key West. People are still living in tents. They're still living in shack houses. They still don't have sewage. They still don't have water. Because the government has not provided enough money to complete remedying the situation that happened 17 months ago. And it's the same thing in the panhandle of Florida. The people up there, uh, they, 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 they're critical of the government. They say, we have been forgotten. People are living in tents up there. Uh, they don't have diapers. They don't have water. They don't, they don't have baby formula. I mean, this is sad. Living in tents, living in shacks they put together from the wood of the houses blown to the ground. And this just keeps happening, and we don't have enough money. <coughs> Excuse me. Every time a, an occurrence of this nature has happened, well, Trump's been president, and it's only been two years, uh, he'll say, you see him on TV with a, someone from FEMA. Don't worry, he tells the state that was injured. We have enough money. We don't have enough money. We haven't planned to have enough money. And if we did plan to have mo enough money, the government, the president and Congress keep borrowing from the fund, the FEMA fund, and using it for other things and never paying it back. It's like Social Security. So... Uh, things aren't getting done. And that's why you don't hear about what's happening to these people anymore. Because if the government was doing a good job, FEMA was doing their job, 
the government, the federal government, Donald Trump, they'd be blasting this out on the news all the time. Look at the great job we're doing. We said we were going to do it, and we did it. Their lips are sealed. Their lips are so shut. There's nothing to say. They don't want to bring it up. They do not want attention paid to these problems because there's not enough money. Now the government, the federal government says, look, right now we can't handle everything financially. They tell the state, like the state of Florida, and they tell the counties, and they take the, tell the cities like Key West, you go borrow the money. You go borrow the money from a bank, and we will reimburse you at some point. Well, the state of Florida went out and borrowed a chunk of money based on this representation after Irma. Uh, the county of Monroe that I live in went, went out and borrowed money. The city of Key West went out and borrowed money. The government isn't repaying them, isn't paying them so they can pay off the notes to the banks, okay? Because the government doesn't have the money. This is how Donald Trump has played it. You go borrow from the bank, at some point the government will reimburse you. Government doesn't have enough money. These disasters keep occurring. Eventually, the banks are going to want to get paid. This is terrible. The banks are going to want to get paid. Uh, it's a disaster, not and it's not a disaster in the making. The disaster is here. It is now, but we don't pay attention to it because we're not aware of it, because no one talks about it. I want to talk about the tariff wars, especially the one with China. Uh, you know, Trump said, can't lose a tariff war. Tariff wars are good. One of the worst things that's ever happened in this country. Uh, it's just now that the farmers are starting to feel the pain of not being able to sell the product they grew. Let's talk, about, and it's basically for China, soybeans, corn, wheat, barley. Uh, I spend many evenings at the chart room in, in, at the Pure House in Key West. You've heard me talk about it and refer to it in writing. I call it the crossroads of the world. I meet everyone in the chart room. I love going there, and I ask them questions, and everyone's happy to talk. I'm going to give you stories from two farm families that I spoke with in the last month in the chart room. Met a young couple last week from New Jersey, college grad. Uh, he, his father wasn't a farmer, but he and two friends decided farming was a good business today, and they went into it. And they have a farm in New Jersey, and they raise soybeans, corn, and barley. Well, China's there. What they do is they grow this stuff, and they have a contract with some group that buys it automatically and ships it to China. Very simple process. They're thrilled. They're making money. They're happy. The people who are brokering this, the brokerage firm who picks their stuff up and ships it to China is making money. China's probably profiting somehow, but everyone's happy. Uh, no one's buying the soybeans, corn, and barley this year. He has not sold anything. He has not taken in one penny of income, he and his two partners, since November. That's, almost, that's three months, going on three months. And he says it's not going to end. We're told it's going to take months because we have to resolve, the United States has to resolve its problems with China, These, this tariff war we're into that we shouldn't be into. And uh, fortunately, I learned, I learned something. Soybeans, corn, barley, and wheat doesn't, do not spoil. You store them. You store them in silos and barns. You cover them with tarpaulins. Uh, and they're preserved. You can sell them someday. But as this young man told me, when it's time to sell and the market's open again, we're all going to be out there because we're all storing our product, and we're not going to get the dollar we should get. Not even close to it. That's the sadness. 
farming couple from Iowa, been in the business for years. I think he's third or fourth generation in the farming business. He's in the soybeans, corn, and wheat. Uh, same problem. China, broker, making money for years, all of a sudden can't sell the product. It's in barns, silos, and behind the barn on the ground covered with a tarpaulin. That's the way it goes. Uh, nothing good is happening. And why do we have a tariff war with China and the other tariff wars? Because of Donald Trump. He's never lost a tariff war. They're good. And the hurricanes, don't worry, we got money. We don't have money because they, ta- they allocate and take it away and don't put it back. John Kennedy, 35th president of the United States. John Kennedy was sworn in this month in 1961. 1961, yes. His inaugural speech, a line in there I'm going to share with you at the moment. Quote, the torch has been passed to a new generation of Americans. The torch has been passed to a new generation of Americans. And it was true at the time. He was young. He was like 45, pushing 50 or something like that. His wife was young. I mean, well, he had two or three kids while he had babies in the White House, okay, his wife. And you could see his John Jr. crawling on the floor under his father's desk in the Oval Office. Uh, it seemed like we had new senators and new congressmen. I, a new generation took over the federal government with the election of John Kennedy. It, it, Washington was exci- an exciting place. These young people were there to do something and take us to another level. It was called Camelot. Yes, Camelot. That's what Washington was called for those two and a half, three years that John Kennedy was president. And it's never been Camelot since, except perhaps under Obama to some degree. In any event, what does Lewis have to say about this? Uh, I think it's time for the torch to be passed again to a new generation of Americans from the presidency down. Now, we've seen it start big time already in the Congress of the United States, 100 new Congress people, most of them relatively young, a lot of them females, which is terrific because the men have screwed up this world. Let's give the girls a chance. Uh, They've got to be able to do better than we've been doing in recent years. Uh, And let's have a young president. I think Joe Biden would make an excellent president. I know him personally. I I think he's well-equipped. But he's 72 or 73 years old. He'll be 75 when he becomes president. This country wants young people. This country does not want an old man. I say that with all respect about Joe Biden, even though he's, I think he's, he's perfect for the job. But the Democrats will not oust a Donald Trump or whoever the Republicans put up unless they run a younger candidate. I think our presidential candidate has to be in his 40s or early 50s. And there are a lot of good people out there, smart people, people we haven't even heard of yet. Remember, who the hell knew Obama before he ran? It's the same thing. And I think we just got to go. We got to give the next generation, the millennials, it's their time. It's their time. And, you know, give them the ball to run with it. How bad can they do? Can they do any worse than we're doing now? So that's how I feel about that. Which brings me now to two young people who are, oh, they're doing terrific. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, that 27-year-old girl now in the House of Representatives out of New York City, and Beto O'Rourke, who almost beat Tom Cruise for the United States Senate race in Texas. These are two hot people out there. Ocasio-Cortez can't go anywhere. She's too young to be president. 
Uh, you got to be 35 at least. Beto O'Rourke is 42. I think he's okay. I like them. I'm not saying either or both at some point should be president. Maybe yes, maybe no. But they are the politicians just beginning today of tomorrow. You're going to see more of this type politician come 2020. They, they're not traditional politicians. They, 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 they speak with authority. They look someone in the eye and they tell them, you screwed up and you should go for this reason. This is how this should be done. Okay. They know how to connect with the public when they're talking. They're a lot like Donald Trump. Donald Trump connected with the people. That's why he was elected president. You know, he told them he was tough. He was going to take on all the bad things happening in society, and he was going to straighten things out. Well, he's done a lousy job, as we all know. <coughs> However, these people speak to the truth. So far, both of them speak to the truth. And I believe any of these candidates that we're going to have, and we should have a presidential candidate who's young, will speak to the truth. Uh, because this is the time. It's time again for a new generation to take over and the older generation to step aside and say, go do it, fellas, ladies, it's your time. And they'll do it and they'll win because they're not afraid. They'll call things as they see them, not varnish up the bad to make it look good. Truth will prevail. All right, where are we? Now I got something very, very terrible to share with you. This is really terrible. I, don't, I found it hard to believe. I had to do some digging on this to make sure it was correct. Key West is a tourist town. Uh, sometimes an adult tourist town. Uh, you know, we have great beaches. We don't have great beaches, but we have beaches. We have some people come down. We have great nightlife in this community. I think people visit here for the nightlife. It's fantastic. Uh, and we are somewhat of a gay community and have been considered in our gay community to an extent. And uh, people know that when they come here. And when you have a gay community uh, like Key West, you have drag shows. You have gay bars that have drag shows where men dress as women. Now, I've been down here a long time. I'm pushing 30 years off and on down here now. And i got to tell you something. Uh, some of these drag queens who are men, dressed as women, are absolutely beautiful. And when they sing and when they talk, you can't tell they're men. They're gorgeous. And then there are others that, that are football players. That they're, They remind me of fullbacks, you know, on a football team. They look gross, but they wear these big gross wigs and everything else. They put on the makeup. And they entertain people. They sing, dance, make jokes. Uh, fine. They're adults. Adults come to see them. Young kids. Young boys are becoming drag queens. There is a 10-year-old in Canada. He's known, 10-year-old boy in Canada, known as Queen Lactate. Queen Lactate. His real name's Malachon Nemus Quinn Golden. Okay? He's described as creative and curvy. I've seen pictures of him on the Internet. He's a 10-year-old boy. Looks about 12. He looks like a girl. He is absolutely beautiful. I've got to say it that way. Uh, and from what I read, this 10-year-old, Queen Lakakte, is taking the world of drag by storm. Now there's another 10-year-old drag queen out there. I don't know what company, I think country, I think the United States, called Desmond Napoles, N-A-P-O-L-E-S. Uh, he's not that attractive face-wise, but his body, what moves? 
I sound like I'm turned on to this. I'm not, but I just got to tell you how these kids look. And he said, he said that you can watch this, find him on the internet. He's 10 years old today. He said he came out of the closet at three. Now, how the hell did he know at three he was going to be gay if he is gay at 10? He came out of the closet at three. I worry about these kids. They are children. Are their parents pushing them because this has got to be a moneymaker? Uh, are they being put out there for pedophiles to look at uh, and to adore? Uh, what's the story here? It does not make sense to have 10-year-old years, ten year old kids as drag queens. We got enough adult drag queens. We don't need 10-year-olds. It's perverted sounding. It is perverted. And there should be laws against this type of thing. Let's see now. Boy, 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 there's a new thing out there now. Uh, it's called Young Plasma Treatments. I got to give it to you quickly because my time's running out. But if you're getting old and you think, and you want to stay young, live forever, you now have the blood taken from the body of a young person, live person, and put into your body intravenously, and this is supposed to add to your life. Take the blood of the young and transfer it into adult patients. The donors for this are 16 to 25 years old. The patient's 30 years and older. Across the country, uh, the ages are 30 to 92 of persons who have received these intravenous treatments of the blood of young people. The company is called Ambrosia. It's in five cities, Los Angeles, Tampa, Omaha, Houston, and San Francisco. Not cheap. You want one liter of young blood, $8,000. You want two liters, $12,000. I'm wondering how much money the donors get. Not the $50 this woman got because she, her, she isn't getting paid by the government and she had to put food on the table. Big business. Don't know if it's healthy or good. That is my show for the week. Hope I have not offended you in any way with some of my comments tonight. Uh, I enjoy doing this. I'm glad you're with me every week. And I, I say it again, my numbers keep coming up. I love it. I love doing the show. I love having you listen. I'm glad you listen. Come back next week. Tell your friends you're enjoying the show. Ask them to join you. You have a good week. I'll be with you again next Tuesday night. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.